Have we a pianist? Salvia. Okay, folks, it's lovely to see you here. And we're very glad to have the Reverend David Brown with us here tonight. Number 248, Under the Burdens of Guilt and Care. Oh. 
maybe asked her brother John McCauley if he wouldn't mind just coming up and going on our time together and a wee word of prayer. Brother John. heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for another Thursday night. Just thank you for this time of prayer whenever week by week we can come and we can hear thy word and we can seek thy face. And we just thank you for, even for the health and strength we have even tonight to be able to be out here. And Lord, we just come before you tonight and we want to remember those who are uh, mourning tonight. Lord, we pray, Lord, for Hazel Fenton and her family. Lord, we just, I can just imagine the grief that's in that home tonight, the loved one passing away. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you'll just come near there in that home and pray, Lord, that they will, Hazel and her family will know thy presence. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you'll speak even through this, this death. We pray even not only in the family, but in the community around there. And Lord, we think of the Reverend McClellan uh, so well tonight as well. Lord, we just pray for his family too and pray for him, Lord, if it be thy will, that you'll, you'll touch him and, and raise him up. We thank you for him. We just thank you for the many years, Lord, he has been able to serve thee. And Lord, we just pray for this time and every so well, Lord, that you'll just come and, uh, and touch him and undertake for the family at this time. And Lord, for all the others, Lord, that are on their prayer list there, there's uh, many names, Lord, and they all have a, a, a need, a special need, each one of them individual need. We just pray, Lord, that they will, each one, Lord, know even that touch in their body. Lord, just thank you that you're a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And you know, whenever we're struggling, you know, Jesus knows all about our struggles. And he will guide right till the day is done. Lord, we just thank you that whenever we have Christ in the vessel, we can smile even at the storm. So be, Lord, that you'll just bless tonight. Bless the Reverend Brown. We thank you for bringing him along. And we pray, Lord, that you'll bless him as he takes up thy word. Just pray, Lord, you know the help of the Holy Spirit even to speak the word that you've laid upon his heart even tonight. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, you'll undertake for all that's said and done tonight. Bless our time of prayer later on. These things we pray in the Saviour's name. Amen. Thank you, John. We'll stand again to sing uh, hymn number 67, Take the Name of Jesus With You. Child of sorrow and of woe, it will joy and comfort give you. Take it then where'er you go. Stand at his sing.
everybody a warm welcome to the meeting tonight. It's lovely to see so many gathered out to our midweek. And for those tuning in on Sermon Audio, Facebook and YouTube, we give you a special welcome as well to that extended congregation. Just a reminder of some of the announcements. Friday, the Youth Fellowship is at 8pm and the speaker is our own uh, David McCauley and he's going to be coming to the Youth Fellowship. So plan, if you can, to to attend. Those of you that are in the Youth Fellowship, the older ones probably don't need to come. Next Lord's Day, the early morning prayer meeting is at 8am as usual. The Sunday school is at 10.30. Bible class at 10.45. And again, our brother Mervyn is speaking on Answers in Perilous Times, a study in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 17. Worship service, Mervyn uh, is story we'll be speaking uh, in the the noon service, 12 noon, and then in the gospel service at 7.30, it'll be our brother, our our pastor, Dennis Lyle, Um, so plan to attend, and even if you can can bring some, maybe unsafe folk in that you know, well that would be good to get them under the, the sound of the gospel. And we'll turn to another hymn, sorry Sylvia, you're up and down. Hymn number 617, 617, all things are possible to him. And we'll stand again to sing.
glad tonight to have the Reverend David Brown come on to speak to us. He was an assistant here for uh, a period, and we have very fond memories of her brother, so it's very nice to have him back here, and we give him a very warm welcome. Uh, I'll go now and sit down and let her brother come and speak. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan, for leading the meeting there for your warm words of welcome. Uh, John McCauley, you come up that aisle like a 16-year-old boy. You flew under that pulpit. You're the picture of health and strength. <laughs> well, it's good to be back with you in Ballymoney this evening. As I often say, in many ways, it feels like uh, coming home again. Uh, we trust the Lord will continue to bless you here and uh, your ministry well as you continue to serve the Lord. If you would, take your Bibles this evening and turn with me to the Gospel of John. John chapter 14. Our subject tonight is, in general, the subject of prayer, but specifically praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll take the time just to read from verse 1. This is a very well-known chapter, although it will be the final two verses that I read with you uh, will uh, form a starting place for us this evening. John 14, verse 1. Let's give our attention to the word of the living God. The Lord himself said here, Let not your heart be troubled. Maybe tonight you have burdens in your mind, your soul. The comforting Savior through the Holy Ghost would say, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Isn't that reassuring? I will come again and receive you unto myself. There are many different views, obviously, the Lord's coming, and we can debate and consider, but this we know, he's coming again, and he'll bring you with him to the place that he has specifically prepared for you. And where I am, praise God, there ye may be also. That's the joy, the joy of the believer. Verse 4, and whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me 
have seen the Father. And how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but my Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very word's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father now. Verses 13 and 14. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. Let's bow briefly before we come to the word of God. Our Lord, our Heavenly Father, we continue, Lord, to come respectfully and reverently unto the God of all glory, whose splendor and excellency is far beyond our comprehension tonight. What a privilege it is that we fallen sons and daughters of Adam's race should have the privilege and opportunity of speaking to the one who inhabits heaven and earth, the one who sits upon the throne of glory, the creator, sustainer, saviour, redeemer of man. Heavenly Father, as we come tonight, we are a group of regular, ordinary folk coming, Lord, to an excellent book, coming before a truly excellent God that we cannot comprehend. And Lord, we are very much wading in waters that are much deeper than we're able to handle. But Lord, tonight, we pray that we would drink and that we would be refreshed. We pray, Lord, that we would understand a little bit more, something of thy revealed word. And Lord, equip us to pray Enable us to pray perhaps better than we've done before. Help us to understand it, grasp it, appreciate it. Help us, Lord, to seize it. So, Lord, tonight, for those of us in the church building here, for those who watch at home, draw near to us now. Give us the help of the Holy Ghost. May every word find good ground. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And may the Lord answer prayer. In the Gospel of Luke, I know we read from John, but in the Gospel of Luke, the disciples came to the Lord. And they said to the Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say, teach us how to pray. I appreciate that. But they did say, teach us to pray. And Clearly from that, they wanted the Lord to instruct them 
to both encourage them and to instruct them on how to do it. And in response, the Lord gave to them the Lord's Prayer and then several teachings on prayer. But what I want you just to think about for a moment as we commence here is this, the disciples, these mighty men, these men who were hand-selected by God to turn the world upside down, or as he put it the right way up, they felt their weakness in prayer. They were schooled by none other than Christ. They had spent time with the Lord. They were men who believed for a long time, and yet even mature, gifted, called men, they felt so weak in prayer. Maybe you're here tonight. Actually, let me erase the word maybe. You here tonight, you will feel your weakness in prayer. Every child of God does. So did the disciples, so did we. The disciples not only felt their weakness, but they saw the value in prayer. They saw it as something they wanted to harness better, to, to, to get a hold of, so that they could pray better. They felt worthless in prayer. They saw the value of prayer, but they were also inspired by the Lord praying. They listened to the Lord praying, and they, in response to that, wanted to pray like him. And when we read the word of God, we read the prayers of Christ, of the apostle Paul, of several different men, and we feel, we feel like we're only beginning on our understanding on the subject of prayer. In that passage in uh, Luke 11, the Lord then taught them the foundation of prayer. That's the Lord's prayer, or Father. The foundation of prayer is our relationship with the Lord. The Lord went on to give them the formula for prayer. The wording of the Lord's prayer was the formula to instruct them on how to put together a prayer to come to the Lord. In that same portion, uh, the latter part of that section, we read about the fervency of prayer, that we should be persistent, like the man who at midnight realized that he hadn't bread enough for his visitor, so he went to his neighbor's house and he knocked the door and he said to his neighbor, I need you to give me more bread. And the neighbor said, would you dry up? I'm in bed. My children are in bed. My shoes are off. I need bread regardless. And the Lord was teaching the fervency of prayer. Keep praying. The formula. The foundation. Fervent. But then he also taught them about the fruition of prayer. That is that prayer always produces fruit. Ask and ye shall receive. If ye being Evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give to them that ask? Prayer, men and women, is a great tool, a great gift. And it's something we're always needing to be schooled in. Tonight, I want to be very specific and deal with praying in Jesus' name. A very specific part of our ministry of prayer. And the Lord taught his disciples on that very subject here in John 14, verse 13. That when they pray, they should pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you read, please, with me again, John 14, verse 13 and 14. And we read, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do 
that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's very clear in those verses that the Lord was directing his people to pray using literally his name. Now, some people read that and misunderstand that. I suppose they see that phrase in the name of Jesus as something that you attach to the end of your prayer. And as long as you do that, there is a greater chance that the Lord will actually answer. And they treat that phrase in the name of the Lord almost like a, a, a magical formula to get what they want. It's almost like someone finding that lump they find out how to rub it and when they rub it the right way the genie comes out and they get what they want that is obviously not what the lord is teaching this is not some magic formula to guarantee that you get everything that you want what it is it is coming to christ in such a way coming to the father in such a way whereby we're able to say I'm coming in the name of Christ. I'm praying with Christ here. I'm praying, I, I'm entering into Christ's prayer. I'm praying in the name of the Son, with the Son, to see His will accomplished on earth, to see His work done. Turn with me to chapter 16 of the Gospel of John. John 16, the verse 24. So it's not just a phrase. It's a way of praying. John 16, verse uh, 24. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Again, he's speaking to his disciples again. And he's stating to them, you've asked nothing in my name. He's reminding them, ask and ye shall receive. Ask in my name. He's assuring them that this is the way to obtain what you need. When the Lord says, pray in my name, what he means is simply this. You're praying in the authority with my authority. It's like a businessman. Coming to someone on the street and they know that that individual has a need. And they go to that individual and they say, listen, go into the office. Go into the, the workshop floor. Go into the shop or wherever. And whatever it is you need, go and take it. And when you come to the tell, say that you're coming in my name and they will give you it for free. That's the idea. So you go in, let's say, to Mr. Tesco or Mr. Asda shop. And you go to the aisles and you gather whatever you need, your breads, your, your, your milk, your eggs, whatever. You have no money. You go to the till and you say, I'm taking this in the name of Mr. Tesco, Mr. Asda. And you're granted it without any charge. That's what the Lord's saying here. I'm giving you the authority to come before the Almighty God and ask of Him what you need in my name. That's a huge privilege. 
What confidence that should give us when we come to pray that we are praying in the name of the one who is the beloved of the Father, the one in whom the Father has said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. We're asking, we're praying in his precious name. So, as we begin here, the Lord has directed us to pray in his name. But can I ask the question, why? Why did the Lord tell his disciples and us to go and pray in his name? Very simply, first of all, like I said, the Lord has directed us. But secondly, because we're destitute. We're done and out. We're poverty stricken morally and spiritually. We are in dire need. We're undeserving of the opportunity to come to God and ask for absolutely anything. We're destitute before God of any morality, of any spiritual benefit or standing. We're outcasts. Again, it's like going to the king. It's like me standing at the royal palace and saying, Dave Brown would like an audience with the king. I'll tell you what the answer would be. The answer would come back to me, just tell Dave Brown to go through the proper channels to get in contact with the king. But you see, we're coming in the name of the king. The king has already invited us to come and to pray. And so if we go with the invitation, the king has given me permission to have an audience with him. Well, that's different. There we go. We're in. And we have an audience with the Lord. We're certainly undeserving. But we're not only undeserving, we're absolutely ill-deserving. We deserve the wrath of God. And when we come, and if we were to come in our name to speak to the God of glory, that would only invoke God's wrath. Because we have broken the Lord's law more times than we can possibly name and answer. And so our name only invokes the wrath of God. Will you turn with me for one moment to Isaiah 59? Keep your finger there, John, because we'll be back soon. But Isaiah 59 and the verse 1. We read here, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities, your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sin." have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. What you have in those two verses is the Lord explaining by inspiration through the prophet here as to why prayers are not answered. Look at verse 1 again. Prayers are not answered because God's hand is shortened. It's not because he's unable to save. It's not because his ear is heavy, heavy and he cannot hear. But it's because of your iniquities. That's why. You see, sin bolts the door. That's the problem. Sin prevents us even getting to the Father in prayer. The problem is not God's inability. The problem is our sin, but the answer is Christ. Our sin blocks the way to heaven. But Christ has opened that way for us to enter in. And so we come in Christ's name. Yes, we're sinners. 
But we're coming in the name of Christ. You see, men and women, when we get down our hands and knees to pray at times, isn't the flesh always there? Who do you think you are asking anything of God after what you did today? The devil's there to pierce you as well. It can be a battle to pray because we feel how poor and unworthy we are. But listen, you're not going to the throne of God on the basis of who you are. You're going to the throne of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name upon his glory, his merit, his perfection. I'm in Christ. He's with me and the Lord has invited me to come. So I come to pray in Jesus' name. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what my flesh says. It is completely irrelevant. The Lord has invited me to come in his name and that's all I need. That's all you need tonight. You might feel weak in the place of prayer. You might feel more eloquent or whatever the case may be. It's all irrelevant. Christ has said you come in his name. Would you turn with me to the book of Hebrews? Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, we know the way into the holiest of holies is open because of Christ. And Hebrews 4, verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. And what we've been told there is simply this, that our high priest, our intercessor, the one who's offered the perfect sacrifice for us, the one who intercedes for us, he's there in heaven. He's there for us now. Verse 15. For we have not high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He's perfect. And he is empathetic with us. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly onto the throne of grace. Come boldly because Christ has went before us. He's opened the way. Sin bolts the door. Christ broke the bolt off. Opened the door and now we come in. Therefore we come with boldness regardless to what the world, the flesh and the devil say. Why do we come? That we may obtain, that we may get, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The word of God could not make it clearer. Dear, faltering, feeling, Her child of God, we can go to the throne and pray in Jesus Christ's name. Again, to give you another illustration, it's like a a poor woman, destitute. Her path, her career in life, her, her whole trajectory is going in the wrong direction. And then a good and loving and a wealthy man lays his eyes upon her and sets his love upon her not because there's anything in her but because of his loving nature and he takes her and she becomes his bride and when they are wed together her name changes and she no longer acts in her name she acts in the name of her husband and what her husband's what her husband has she has also 
And that's the idea of praying in Jesus' name. Forget about your rags. Forget about your merits and all the rest of it. You're coming as the bride of Christ to draw down what Christ has for us to enjoy. What a thrill it is to be wed to Christ and to be chosen and loved by him. No man, we read this earlier on, will not turn back to it because you know the verse in John 14, 6, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's no other way to pray to God but through Christ. Praying in the name of the Lord is like going into your bank account. Into the bank, actually. And you go to the cashier and the cashier says, not only are you broke, you are massively overdrawn. There's huge debts here. But you and I have the power of eternity. Sorry. The power of attorney to deal with Christ's accounts. And because we have the power of attorney, we're able to open up Christ's account and withdraw what we need. That's the beauty of being a child of God. Will you turn with me again to Isaiah 53? Isaiah 53. Again, you, you know this portion well. But men and women, Christ, when he was on the cross, because of the victory that he wrought there, he has purchased for us blessings to enjoy. And you see this in Isaiah 53. So you know this portion. It talks about Christ and, and, his, and his death. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. But look with me at the last verse, verse 12. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil. What that means is Christ is like the victor, and he has won spoil in the battle. He has purchased by his death. He has victoriously won for us what we need. And he is the one who will divide the spoil. That was customary in battle, that when a king would go into the battle, he would bring back the spoil. And when David went into battle, he uh, divided that spoil, not only between the men who fought with him, but the men who couldn't fight with him. He gave it to all. He gave prizes to those who were in his kingdom out of his love. And that's what we're doing in prayer. We're going to the Lord, our Father, and we're saying, Father, I come in Christ's name. What Christ won for me in Calvary, what's in his accounts, I'm here to draw it down because I need it. And Christ bought it for me. I'm here to claim it. Remember that verse in Romans 8, 32? And I'm going to turn to it. Uh, you may do so as you wish. Uh, Romans 8. We all know verse 28, but just after that, Romans 8, in the verse 32. And it says here, He that spared not his own son. That's a father. Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, with Christ, also freely give us all things. Now what are those all things? What is it that the Lord is saying he will give? 
It's everything we need to get from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's everything we need to get us from being the fallen sons of Adam's helpless race on the broad road to hell. It's everything we need to get us off that road and into glory to live with Christ forevermore. That's the all things the Father said he will give. Praise God. We're able to withdraw all that we need, men and women. Can I also say that praying in Christ's name is a declaration. And I've alluded to this already. It's a declaration before God that we are praying in alignment with Christ. That we're not praying something that is contrary to the will of the Savior. We're not praying something that Christ himself wouldn't pray. Do you understand that? When we pray in Jesus, the Lord Jesus' name, we are declaring this is something that the Lord would pray for himself. Indeed, the Lord has already purchased this thing for me. All right. We're at our children's meeting. Um, and, and we have a few lively ones. Um, there's a wee fellow just needs one-on-one with him and I'm happy to sit with him and, and work through the story and when the person doing the story is talking, I'll be talking beside him, explaining it more and just during the, the, the lesson on, on Tuesday nights, uh, the lady in the story mentioned prayer and I said to him, give her pray. And he looked at me with great confidence. Yes. As if, you know, that was a stupid question to ask. I said, what do you pray for? He says, oh, I pray that God will make me rich. This big guy's about eight. <laughs> so I tried to discourage that. Um, making the point, the Lord might not make you rich, but you could pray for wisdom. The Lord will give you wisdom. He promised that. The Lord will give you the gifts of faith and repentance. You see, if you those the things we ought to be praying for. But that kind of fits in with the story here. If we're praying things that are contrary to God's will or something that is based upon our lusts and our desires, you cannot then say, I ask this in Jesus' name because it's not in Jesus' name, it's in your own name. You're the one asking for this. You're the one requesting it, not the Lord. You're not aligned with the Lord's prayer when you're praying, Lord, make me healthy, wealthy, and wise. Listen, the Lord may bless you, but that's not what every saint gets. Praying in Jesus' name is like saying, I'm praying for the same things that Christ is praying for. For example, the advancement of God's kingdom at home and abroad, the growth, the development of the church. When you sit here Thursday night by Thursday night, or in your own home, or on Sundays, or whenever, and you're praying, Lord, advance your kingdom, build the church. That is God's will. You can say, I pray in the Lord Jesus Christ's name. Because he's praying for that. You can pray for your personal sanctification. That you'll be more conformed to the image of Christ. Because Christ prays for that for you. You can pray for wisdom. For the Lord has said, if you ask wisdom, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and breatheth not, and it shall be given unto him. You're praying in God's will. When you're praying for your family, you, you can say, 
I pray for my family in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because remember Job. By inspiration, the Lord recorded that Job prayed for his children. That in case they had sinned, he went and prayed and offered on their behalf. When you pray for your family, you can pray, I pray this in Jesus' name. And so, when our prayers align with Christ, when we're praying over the promises, when we're praying the things that we know the Lord's praying for, we can pray, Father, I come to thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, let me say in closing here, praying in the Lord Jesus Christ's name is a good check. It's a good check for you and me. Because sometimes we, we do pray things that if we thought about it, I don't think the Lord's praying for that. And so when we're able to pray and conclude by saying, I pray all of this in Jesus' name, it's a good way of checking that I'm praying in alignment with the will and the mind of God. The Lord loves you. The Lord wants to see you blessed. I, I don't doubt that. That doesn't mean we can pray upon our lusts and our every single desire. So, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because he has directed us to do so. Because we are destitute. Because we're undeserving, we're ill-deserving. But when we pray in alignment with the prayers of Christ, we know and we can have confidence that we will draw down what the Lord has already possessed, sorry, purchased for us. And so tonight, I want you to come in confidence. I'll not take you to it, but in Ephesians 5, the verse 20, read there of the Apostle Paul. And he prays, concluding his prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear men and women, take the name of Jesus with you. You can go and draw down from his account things that he has bought for you. They're there for you to receive everything you need to get from the kingdom of darkness right into glory and to serve him well on earth. May the Lord bless these few thoughts to your hearts this evening. I'll hand back to our brother Jonathan McCauley. Thank you, sir. I would like to thank Reverend Brown for that very encouraging word to our hearts. Christ's name, then he will meet every need and far beyond it uh, of what we require. Just a few announcements again. Remember, Land of Israel, um, that situation is developing. I'm sure you're, you're following it on TV every day, but there's a lot of prayer needed for that land, um, the land that God has chosen. I just pray for even for believers that are there as well and for wisdom and that very difficult situation. Um, again, remember the land of Ukraine. Uh, for our friends that are with us here, maybe remember especially the two, the two girls that have joined us lately that the Lord will bless them and for all the other um, folks that would have joined our congregation here, pray for them. And for their families back home, 
and for the land of Ukraine that very soon there even will be a conclusion and a, uh, that peace will reign in that land. And then there's our usual prayer requests. Just before we um, look at these, we'd just like to, you to remember our sister, as John mentioned in his opening prayer, our sister Hazel Fenton uh, lost her husband just um, this morning. And we just pray for, for Hazel, for the family circle, and as a, as a church, we are with her in prayer and we want to remember her at this time of need. And again, also for the for Dr. Frank McClelland, who hasn't been well for a, a while and maybe some of you had got to let the Bible speak. Uh, dinner, there was, he did a, like a broadcast. Um, he wasn't able to come. He, it was actually planned that he would come from Canada over uh, to speak to us because he was one of the founders of Let the Bible Speak. But just close to the time he was wanting to leave, um, his family contacted us to say it was probably beyond ways for him to travel. So he did a, did a wee broadcast, a wee short uh, video uh, clip, um, and spoke very well. And we really enjoyed what he had to say. But lately he has taken on well, I think, maybe today. Um, I think it's a heart attack or some sort of heart issue anyway. So... Just pray for our brother, a faithful man over many, many years, and for uh, his family, his dear wife and his family as well at this time of need. And for these requests that we have up on the screen, um, remember them as well in your prayers. And also for the team in Romania, we're hearing good reports. They seem to be having a good time. Here they're all gathered. Uh, I think this is them just arriving in Dublin airport um, ready to go and we just remember them remember them as they go around different churches as they go and meet even the Deborah I think they had a good time with the Deborah house girls and they visit areas where uh, people are deprived and, and poor and need even the, 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 the gospel um, to work in their lives and in their hearts and for the time even on, on Sunday whenever uh, the Reverend Park will speak and Bethany and Timisoara just pray that that will be used of the Lord and so we now come to our time of prayer, we thank you for those that have been tuning in as a time now where we, we move on to our time of prayer, we even ask you to continue to pray with us for these needs um, pray for the church meetings pray for even this weekend that the Lord would come and bless